The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. As a special thanks to all of our patrons, we are giving away one item from the Professional Casual Network store at teespring.com slash stores slash professional casual. All you have to do to enter is be a patron. That can be as little as a dollar a month, and every month we will give away an item of your choice from the store. Follow us at patreon.com slash professional casual. Hi, and welcome to The Space Between. I'm your host, Danny, and joining me tonight, I've got Dan Cole, author of BFE. No, author of Lanny, The Girl Without Fear, and host of Big Fiction Energy. Actually, and- I think he wrote both of those. <laughs> <laughs> and the grim podcast of Perilous Adventure on the Professional Casual Network. I didn't write that one. That's a pre-made adventure we're playing through. You're a host on that one. And the GM. The GM. The game master. General Motors. Master of the game. We've also got executive producer and co-host of all the shows, Tim France. Hi. Hi. We have to behave ourselves this episode. The ex- executive producer is here. Fuck you are guy. being audited. He's literally on every episode of everything that we do. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Does Nothing he hold, happens. Does he hold the same title throughout every episode? Or... Uh, not on Elite yesterday. 8. Not on Elite 8 show now. <laughs> no, Yesterday I called him our Royale with cheese. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty great. And we've also got one of my favorite kobolds from the Lost Omens podcast, Taylor. Hello. <laughs> Hello there. Today we're talking uh, part two of Planet Hulk series that we were covering. Last week we did the first five issues in that arc. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back. Go back and listen to it now. Don't forget to, you know, subscribe, like, rate, review. Tip your waiter. Tip your waiter. 20%. Don't be a cheap-ass bitch. Yeah. Um, and leave us a nice review and recommend us to a friend. And don't be That's- a cheap-ass bitch like restaurant owners who just don't pay their employees enough. Right. 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 Sure. Exactly. That is also a real problem. Yeah. That is also I true. like the last thing you brought up there. Tell a friend. Word of mouth is probably the most powerful way to spread a podcast. So stand on the other side of the sidewalk during a pandemic and scream. Yep. Say, hey, listen to the space between when they talk about comic books. And comic make books. sure you lay into the comic book part because there are six other podcasts named The Space Between. Right. And uh, we're the one about comics. Yes. <laughs> Look not for the, the Space about... Between by the Professional Casual Network. Yes. Right. Not the not the podcast about space or the podcast about like self-help. Self-help yeah. or the one about couples breaking up or about there's there's yeah. a lot of them. I don't think any of the ones are active at the moment. Nah. I mean, maybe. Well, but really the best are. way if you're like hesitant, like, oh, no, how am I going to find you guys? Just go to our website, professionalcasual.com. All of our episodes of everything, they're up on there. Easy. Out of all the things that you listed that every other space between did, I feel like this one is the most important for your life. 100%. Yeah. Easy. Because do you know... Do you know what's going to make you not break up with your spouse? Knowing how Hulk, um, you know, planeted. <laughs> Good try. If you're an expert on a planet made of Hulk. Right. That's mm-hmm. such an excellent conversation topic. Like mm-hmm. you can't ever say like, oh, I don't want to bring my my partner with me to this work function because they're boring. No. Yeah. You won't be boring if you know this shit. Yeah, how many you ladies? can't be boring if you know about Hulk and this planet. You know how many ladies I've gotten just by saying I know a lot about planets made out of Hulk? Zero. About zero ladies. <laughs> right. Right. 
and like you know how attractive it is when you know Dan's in the middle of stuff and he's like Hulk smash. Ooh. <laughs> Tim, cut that out. <laughs> Middle of stuff like or dishes. Don't. Yeah. It's always when he flushes the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, baby number three on the way. No. Smash. You shut your mouth. <laughs> Apparently, I hate this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or I'm thirsty. <clears throat> so, anyway, Dan. What? You want to take over? Uh, I can. Bad boy. Yeah. Through these next few issues. Talk. What issues are we talking about? Incredible Hulk number 96 through 99. All right. I got 99 issues, but a planet made of Hulk ain't one. Yeah, it's Actually, a bunch here. It's, it's like 14 issues, right? Yep. Hold up real quick. Real excited. I just saw the end of one of the sentences um, that's coming up Guy. at the end of the third paragraph, and I'm really excited for it. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> All right. I, th- I was proud of that moment. So number 96 here is the beginning of the second part, the second arc, basically, of this storyline. And this one's called Anarchy, because the slaves have been freed by the Silver Surfer, the Silver Savage, and they are out of the Imperial City in there in a place called the Twisted Wood. Actually, um, it's not one word. It's three. It was spoken by Meek, so it does sound like a broken English. As they were trying to leave the gladiatorial arena. Um they needed a very specific device to be able to open the locking mechanism on the door. Um, and it wasn't a standard locking mechanism. It took a person. So they were like, Meek, how do we get out of here? And he's like, oh, anarchy. So they got Anne and they brought him over and she was the key to open it up. Yeah, Anne's our key. Yeah. I love your dedication to super long jokes. That never pays like, off. So awesome. I'm literally crying. What do you mean? He's doing this setup, and I'm like, wait a minute. I know it's going somewhere. And I always, it's like a challenge to myself to see if I can like predict where you're yeah, you, going. you try to That's jump why ahead. It's so drawn out. It's because yeah. I'm waiting for someone else, just that glint in their eye, to be like, oh, this fucking idiot. <laughs> this is where he's going. You do it all the time on Big Fiction Energy in the intros oh and, God, and the outros. So and I usually can pick up where you're going, but sometimes I, I, I don't get there until you get to your punchline. That was good. Was it? <laughs> I, I liked it. Subjective. Taylor cried. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Taylor is crying. That was great. <laughs> That's why Lindsay cries all the time. That makes a lot more sense. Because <laughs> you're so funny. It's appreciation and love. Because I'm just so funny. That makes so much sense. All right. So what's going on in issue 96? We've got the follower. Basically, the Hulk has a, a cult following at this point. Everybody calls him the Green Scar or Green Skin or Meat calls him Two Hands. And they're kind of sitting around a fire at a camp and they're sharing stories about the Hulk. Uh, One Imperial talks about how they found plants that grew in Hulk's blood. We talked about the very end of last episode, the last issue as well, which is a huge deal. Another one talks about how he doesn't like him, says he's heard stories about how he eats people. This comes up several times, too, and I really appreciate it. Like, (laughs) no, not the Hulk. He eats people. (laughs) I I wonder if this is a reference to Ultimate Hulk that did eat people (laughs) sometimes. It's like, don't worry. He likes sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever sandwiches are. Yeah, Meek flips out when he hears this guy talking about it. He yells, liar, and attacks him. Murderous rage. Right, because he is like Hulk's bodyguard. (laughs) You know, he thinks he is. Yeah. Uh, like, he wants to be Hulk's bodyguard. He's his small but vicious dog. Yeah. yeah. Small but vicious meek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Cord, 
Korg and the the Nameless Brood show up, and they're kind of like basically, you know, lean on this guy to to shut the fuck up. We can't talk about the Hulk like that. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna kill you, and we're not like we're not about that. But you you shouldn't talk about the Hulk like that. He saved you, which is fair. Yeah. I feel it's like the nicest way to for them to do it, you know. Instead of Meek murdering this guy, they're just like, just just stop. I mean, well, it's funny because the Hulk is like, the more you talk, the hungrier I get. So maybe you should get out of here. He's like, I mean, you can leave. He just messes with him. I love it. So you're talking about how the Hulk um, kind of has a little bit of a sense of humor yeah. throughout this arc. Little things like that. It's so dry too. I love it. Yeah. The more you talk, the hungrier I get. <laughs> It's like the hound in Game of Thrones where he's Give just like, all your I'm just going to eat all the fucking chickens. <laughs> that a, became a meme for so long. That's a good one. So hound fried chicken. That's another one that I haven't seen. You, you should watch the first seven seasons, if that. Did you just say fucking seven? There are eight seasons, but the eighth season oh, was just dog trash. Don't worry, like, they're only t- 10 to 14 hours per season. I can't yeah, fucking know. <laughs> And we find out that uh, Kira, the old strong, is leading army, leading the Imperial armies after Hulk. They want him back. They want to snuff out this rebellion as quickly as possible. Uh, and a spy has found their camp in the woods. He says, there's lots of campfire smoke. They're not hiding very well. So old strong, she sends in these like jellyfish looking things that are apparently all over this planet. But they sometimes they kind of use them and it drops bombs all over the part of the forest. Um, and we find out that they had moved on long before this. The only ones left are Hulk and Korg standing there and they kind of stop the spy from getting away and he gets blown up by these, um, these firebombs. And then, uh, Kira gets there and she searches the area and realizes that she was duped. They Mm -hmm. tricked her. Um, and she's. She's not happy about this. And it's funny because they reference, um, she's like, you know, verse 12 of the war book, if an enemy invites you in and the governor guy who she's talking to is like, they haven't been reading war books. They're gladiators. Like they're not. Yeah. But then later, um, the other gray guy. Hero him. He specifically references the war book. Yeah. Right. He knows it. He basically wrote it. Like, yeah. Yeah. He knows it, you know, inside and out. He it's is the strategist. Funny. So they're like completely underestimating the Hulk and his group. Right. To say they're just gladiators. Like, well, they were people before that. They all have their own um, skills and abilities. Yeah. That they're bringing to this. And they were gladiators and they survived that long in the arena. Like, right. Yeah. This guy's know. a fool. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. The governor here, he, he, he kind of is part of the story for a little while as showing that authority in the imperial armies that's not the emperor because of course he's not out here he wouldn't deign to to leave the imperial palace like that that's peasant work (laughs) yeah (laughs) agreed so kira basically tries the same trick against them uh to try to to ambush them she sets up she has like a small party like in this open area and and they kill villagers. They kill a bunch of farmers oh. for holding out. Right. On their yeah. grain rations or their egg rations, most likely. Yeah. And they, they're they basically, you know, showing how how bad the empire is once again. Um, 
And they're all like, we should, we, we just go after him. There's a whole bunch. And then Hiram's like, no, look, you can see there's glints of metal in the trees. There's the rest of the army is waiting for us to go. And then we'll get ambushed from multiple sides. He's like, I know this play. We just did it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Right, exactly. yeah. I like that little discourse too, where they're like, oh, so they have some legionnaires in the trees. Big deal. He's like, well, it's Looks probably like, like two heavy assault battalions. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he knows it inside and out. He knows if what's it was going me, on. Me, I would put. <laughs> yeah. So then Mika's like, I know a place we can go. Because they want to train their group. Right. Because they have. I mean, there wasn't just the gladiators. There were tons of other just normal people that happen to be slaves as well yeah. that are with them. So mm-hmm. it's like we need to make this into a fighting force if we want to survive any amount of time. We need a place to train. And Meek's like, I know, and I, I know, I have a place. Yeah. I said that really wrong, but it kind of <laughs> sounded like Meek. Yeah. <laughs> so on the way there, we see some Wildebots attack a farmstead. Uh, and the Imperial troopers are just kind of like, meh, we're not going to help. One of them gets like eaten and the other one just like the other ones fly away. The other one that flies away has a great line yeah. where <laughs> when they're like the wild bots keep attacking us. He's like, right. But that's more like a regional thing. Uh, we're like an army, so we're dealing with army stuff. And then the wild bots attack that eats the guy. He's like, you should write a letter to your senator. (laughs) (laughs) So great. You'll have to file a request through your local community representative. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this kind of badass looking imperial guy who is the head man of the town, his name is Char, is ready to fight. And he's um, got kind of, he almost looks like a gladiator. He's kind of got that like half- armor um he's like jacked he's got some other imperials with him ready to go but then the gladiators show up and do all the fighting for him smash their way through these wild bots like they were hardly even there and the hulk looks so happy like the just smile that he has on his face in that panel where he's killing the wildebot is he looks so happy right he loves it because he gets to do this and he's helping people out he gets right. to smash stuff. No one's going to be mad at him for smashing a Wildebot. Yeah. Right. Like everybody's happy that he's doing this. And it's just like, I like this. Probably well, makes a really satisfying smash. sound too when you smash it. Right. You know? Yeah. Like they those get- tubes that you flip upside down and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they get another nice dinner. It seems to happen with these guys a lot. Yeah. Uh, we see Mink. <sighs> Mink kind of slinks away. And the brood follows him. We see Meek pick up a native skull and he starts doing what's called chemming with the gladiators. Oh, I think he chems f- real hard. Yeah. 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 I think it's the first time that we, we've heard the term chemming throughout this a little bit. This is the first time somebody chems with something else. And it's kind of like a, they don't ever really explain it. I saw it as like a pheromone. Yeah. connection mm-hmm. right that um, gives you like a lucid vision right it's kind yeah. of tell it's kind of telepathic but i think it's done through chemicals why they call it chemming like insects often communicate through pheromones it's how ants you know follow the same line all the time they leave a trail of pheromones very similar to the war bonding it's pretty much bringing other people into yeah. kind of a hive right exactly and like that, and like that dude <clears throat> from naruto who controls the bugs Shino. yeah he's sure freaking awesome <laughs> Here he shows them more of his past. Um, we learned that this is the site of his hive and his father who um, looked completely different. He was much larger. He had like a big 
um, like a, he looked like a giant beetle instead of like a little ant kind of thing. Yeah. He's got, looks like a big shell on his back. He's huge compared to the other bugs, like Hulk sized almost. He still has like spindly arms, like an insect, but he looks really cool. He's spiky. Yeah. Yeah. His, his eyes are like, they don't have a pupil like meeks do. Mm -hmm. He's a baller. He looks really cool. I like it a lot. Um, and we learned that headman char killed him and wiped out the hive under orders because their hive, even though Meek's father had been like literally given this land for fighting in the spike wars, it was too close to the Imperial city. And there were supposed to be no natives with that close to the city. Right. And again, they were reneging on previous agreements. They had once again, altered the deal further. (laughs) And we find out that, um, the natives also have like restrictions on their breeding. Yeah, on reproduction he wasn't yeah like sanctioned he wasn't allowed to breed, breed so yeah. all of his brood were like forfeit, forfeit at that point and they destroyed everybody except meek because he's a hider he ends up surviving and then it shows that he survived his way into the cities he was taken captive he and that's how he became a gladiator but this is this you know the the site of his entire family's death which is one reason why we, you know, last episode we were talking about how much we love Meek. This is one reason he's such a tragic character mm-hmm. and he just, he deals with it in such a, such an understandable way Yeah, where he is like this world's Hulk. He's just angry all the time and he hates the Imperials so much to the point where he challenges Hedman Char to a duel. Yep. yep. And he says in 12 hours, they're going to duel. I hate you. <laughs> Is that the one you were talking about? It was. <laughs> so during this 12 hour time, we see um, the kind of the whole reason the gladiators and their people came here. Hero is trying to train people to fight against the Imperials. And then Char actually comes up and gives advice. He's like, no, this the, they've changed their armor over the last few years. This isn't their weak point. You got to aim for the neck instead. And no, the, Co- the neck was no longer valid. You got to go ankles. for the ankles. Oh, that's what it was. Yep. Um, and then Korg is like, you know, Meek, this guy's trying to help us out. Like he did something awful in the past, but he's trying to like atone for that. Like you should call this off. Like he's a, he's an important ally. And this I love how Hulk walks up and he's just he just says, I would never stop making them pay. One of the things that really bothers me throughout the entire story is whenever anything bad happens to Meek or his people, it's like glossed over by the majority of the other people that are either natives or have been on the planet for a long time. They're just like, right, yeah, they killed everyone, but like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) He told us their ankles are weak, man. (laughs) But come on. That's the tell, okay? yeah, Yeah. Right? And it's just like Meek's like, no. I'm going to kill this dude because he destroyed my family. Yeah. Every, my father, Everyone. all my brothers and, and sisters and, and one everything. Of, one of the big defining things like he is meek, the unhived. Right. Like he doesn't have a hive that he belongs to. And all of that and all of his hardship stems from this guy. Yeah. Right. It's and all he, Char's fault. He really should have lived actually a pretty decent life, especially with his dad was a war hero, a war mm-hmm. veteran. Right. Had been granted land by the previous or the, the current yeah. emperor's father and to have that stripped away and then everyone fucking killed. Um, and then, yeah. you know, to be tortured and enslaved for the rest of his life. But Pretty I mean, brutal. Like, you could just get over it. Right. You know? Th- that <laughs> is true. That is true. So many. I love one thing I like about this story, especially nowadays. It's like it's still so relevant. 
yeah. to our culture now, which is not good. Yeah. No. And like, it takes so long to get a reproduction license. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I can see why you would, you know, have a bunch of babies in the ground uh, illegally. Yeah, totally. So moving on. <laughs> um, again, during this time before the duel, we see Char showing his son around the place. Like basically, if I'm to die in this duel, just in case, you know, don't forget to do this. You got to lead the people. You're going to be the headman now. Don't forget to feed the animals. The the way that that particular uh, panel is too. So good. Um, you see somewhat humanoid-ish. You see a couple limbs in shadow, and that's yeah. about it. Yep, feed the animals. And then it's Let's the see. duel. Unfortunately, Meek goes down like a punk. He dies. We don't get to hear any more of his story. It's Shut awful. up. <laughs> it's I'm the lying. saddest thing ever. <laughs> but he just wrecks Meek right away, and he's like, yield. And Meek's like, I'm never yielding. And then he Cut pins him. Arm. He steps on Meek's arm, one of his forearms. I think it's his bottom left arm. Mm. He steps I thought Meek like turned and effectively sacrificed his arm Yo, to get right. out from under the spear. I didn't get there yet. Oh, that's a separate part. He had him down a second time. He's he has him pinned. Oh. And he's and like he yield. And Meek's arm. like, yeah. no, gotcha, gotcha, Meek gotcha, stabs gotcha. his own arm with his spear to sever it, to get up. And then he gets char down. Yep. By going for them ankles. Uh, he swipes the ankles. I, on my first read through, I did not realize that it was Meek himself who sacrificed his arm. Yeah. But it is very clearly him. Because he is so fervent and like frenzied at this point that he'll do anything to kill this guy. That's incredible. To the point he stabs his own arm off. Meek is the best. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Awesome. So he holds his spear at this guy's throat and he, and Char, to his credit, says, do it. Yeah. Like sure. he's not afraid char knows exactly what he's done and what he's been doing he yeah. he kind of wants to die at this point and we'll find out why in just a second here meek senses something he f senses chemming in the air he's like kick, kick. and then oh, he yeah. like just kind of signals to the hulk does he say anything to hulk here no and hulk just kind of i think he chems with hulk to say like hey something's behind us so hulk just rips a big hole in the ground well no the dude what's the dude's name char char He's like, oh, it's it's nothing. It's just the threshers. It's nothing. And Hulk's like, like no, well, that's a lie. Something in the ground. Yeah, that's that's horseshit. We've determined <laughs> that is a lie. He rips a huge hole in the ground, and it's full of high, Meek's hive mates. They come swarming out, and Char looks terrified. And they're all in chains. Yeah. They were the animals yeah. to feed. He still had the hive. He didn't kill them all. He's kept them, for whatever reason, as slaves to do something. I think this, is, this was mentioned. This was a farmstead, so I'm sure they're used in whatever crop they have here. Probably for eggs. Well, I guess they don't have a queen, but right. That's yeah. What a lot of them are used for. So then it kind of skips um, time. We see Old Strong and the army show up. It's been some time. It's night now. The place is wrecked. Everything's <laughs> destroyed. Place. You know, there's little <laughs> things are smoking and whatnot. But Char is sitting there. Um. In bad shape. And the governor guy comes up and he just says, you, headman, have you seen the green scar? And then Char just says, he says, the green scar. And then the guy, the governor says, or any of the monsters. And then Char says, that's all I see. While well, he looks at his own reflection in the governor's armor. 
I love yeah. that ending. Yeah. yeah, it was badass. Perfect. Just to interject, I don't know if this happened in this issue or if it was in the next issue, but doesn't someone kind of call Meek out for bringing them here? I think that was this issue. Did the brood call him out? I thought it was. I don't Hulk, remember. But because it was Meek's idea to come here to like train or whatever, right? Or was Meek mm-hmm. talking about the mall later? No, it was Meek's idea. Yeah. Um, there is he kind of like problem. led him that. 100% led them here on purpose. Obviously not knowing that his brothers were here or maybe the I whole think, chemic yeah. thing he kind of gets drawn places too. I think too. the brood one does um, because there's the thing where like they have an aside by the skull, away, right? Yeah, yeah, to find the skull and the brood followed him and says I can smell it. The chem's still in the air even after all these years a hive your hive. Yeah. So and Meek would have known that. So. Yeah, I think Meek led them here so he could challenge Char and try to kill him. Or he just did, so the uh, Hulk yeah, would do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or get be some, like, I'll just bring the Hulk there. It's Imperials. They're going to be assholes. <laughs> Push I mean, the one, time they were, <laughs> the one time they weren't assholes to the gladiators, they yeah, still right. wrecked the place, right. yeah. which they, they totally deserved it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think that's a really strong issue. And the Hulk's barely in it. Like mm-hmm. he rips a hole in yeah. the ground and punches some Wildabots. That's about it. Yep. Yeah. It's such a meek centric epi- issue. And it's so good. You're laughing because I almost said episode two. Yep. (laughs) Happens all the time. It's not just me. So then we go into Incredible Hulk number 97. So we're learning that wherever the Hulk bleeds, these Ella Halal vines grow. God bless you. Yeah, I don't know how to print. There's apostrophes in there and whatnot. That was pretty good. I'm good. I'm going to say it. Um, Man, I just picture Charlie in his like. Arnold. Uh, wow. <laughs> when he does Arnold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got to like get into it. He's like, wow. I really thought you were oh. talking about the glizzy. Like, oh. <laughs> it's the same process for both. <laughs> you just stick it in there and then you say like, hello and oh, <laughs> so those vines. Sorry. Yeah. The Ella Ha'al vines. Uh, we see rebels are fighting soldiers in the capital. They're not only with the Hulk. There's rebels all over the place now. His story is, is you know, covering the whole empire. People are hearing about the green scar who, who cut the emperor and he's now free and freed all the slaves. So people are fighting back. See the red King shows up with his army and he just burns everyone. Everyone fucking piece of shit. He just, he's got that crazy flamethrower on in that Mecca suit and he just torches everyone with glee. And yeah, he loves it. He absolutely loves this. It's disgusting. He's awful. We see here um, another a governor calls Old Strong, tells her she needs to get back to help at the city. And she's like, well, I'm kind of busy. And she's being attacked by some bugs um, that are calling on the name of the Green Scar. So again, showing that his influence is spreading more than just where he is with his current people. We see more rebels find the gladiators and uh, declare themselves to be with them. And hero is like, well, if these people can find us, the Imperials are going to find us at some point. We need to get, we need to move faster. Cause he's always thinking strategy. He's always thinking, how are we going to survive? Um, they have all of Meek's brothers as well with them now, a whole bunch of hatchlings. I think they're called mm-hmm. the young bugs. Uh, and they're all gray, like Meek. Slowing them down. They're asking for food. They're right. They're, they're younger. They're smaller. They're not really fighters at this point. Not serious fighters, at least. Uh, and Hulk's like, you know what? I have an idea now. And he takes them back to the Maw. You know, that we can get more fighters there. We can get provisions. He doesn't say all that, but. 
Yeah. It's kind of his thinking there, I think. Um, as soon as he gets there, he gets attacked by this giant dinosaur-looking thing that he just punches in the face and breaks off one of its tusks. And then it's, like, his. Yeah. I love it. He just, like, tames it. I really wonder. He, like, well, he plinks the pulls out the disc off of it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah too. true. Yeah. yeah. That's how he makes right, it yeah. his. But then it like it sees uh, like a kindred spirit in him and it becomes like a mount for him, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this giant dinosaur looking thing. One thing about this Primus Vand is still here. Yes. With yeah. all these slaves. And he's like going through his spiel that he went through with the Hulk and that whole group first. Like I survived the ring four times, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I just thought that that was really funny that he's doing the exact same rehearsed spiel. Right, he's Again, just going through the like motions. It's just another day for him. It makes right. me curious if he ever actually really did. I mean, I mean, we'll never find out, but whether he actually did. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I like he's that. He's the guy that's in charge of it. He's like, well, I got out. Look at me. I'm doing pretty great. If you do it too, you should fight so we can make some money, bro. He's just bullshitting the whole time. Yeah. I could totally see that being how that goes. Um, so then the Hulk gets his obedience staff from him and, and breaks it. So the, uh, the obedience sticks discs don't really work anymore. And he says, you're all free. He frees everybody at the mall. So LOA is like, well, we just need to kill Primus now. And Hulk's like, well, if you want him dead so bad, do it yourself. Yeah. Cause she gets the staff first and tries to make the people who are still slaves kill him. Right. And Hulk's like, no. Yeah, really, that's not how we do things. Yeah. Really interesting because she looked real upset that he broke that staff. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can control people with this. And he's like, that's the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Because here. she's still an Imperial. Right. She's still 100%. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, slaves are how we do this. Right. 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 <laughs> we just we just want someone else in charge. That's all. Both. We're in charge. And he's like, no, everyone's like, still beneath us. You don't understand. Right. And he rips that thing off of the monster's chest and he goes free. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's just like, you're free now. Do whatever yeah. you want. And then the next panel is him writing it. Yeah. yeah. So it's so like, cool. I think that was a big reason he didn't leave with Silver Surfer, that it was like, you know, I can use these incredible powers to help people and they don't hate me. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, why would he, you know, he didn't leave because he can free all these people and, and actually do some good instead of just smashing everything. And any destruction that he might cause as a side effect is just kind of like, Oh, yeah, that's the thing that happens. Yeah, they deserved it anyway. Well, and I mean, the whole collateral damage aspect that happens in New York City and California mm -hmm. and, you know, wherever, effectively, the result of his fights is that the world starts growing back instead of, you know, a whole bunch of homes and buildings are destroyed. Right. <laughs> so that's got to be a yeah. nice little passive change. <laughs> I dig it. I, I love that little bit where she wants him dead and he's like, well then do it yourself. And then she like, can't. Yep. And he's like, told you basically like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. Cause you told me to, I don't like that. Well, and especially when she's kind of trying to command him to do something after just trying to get previous slaves, not freed, but doing something that she wants anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's kind of, she's a dick. I don't like her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really like her either. Yeah. She's hard to like. So then the gladiators reach the steps that um, the old strong was talking to Hulk about before, which is space. It should be peaceful. No one lives here. It's unclaimed territory. It doesn't belong to the Philians or the Imperials or the shadow people because they're nomads anyway. It's a wasteland. It's kind of a wasteland, but it's a place they could live in peace. They, they find some other rebels that try to catch up to him. Hiram is like, no, it's another trap. And Meek is like, no, we need to help these people. And then Hulk is like, all right, well, let's go see. 
was a trap. Imperials cause a rock slide. Uh, Hulk and Korg hold it up. At this point, people see this. We uh, kind of glossed over this until now. People talk about him being the Sakarsan, which is this prophecy that somebody is going to, somebody from the stars or from above is going to come and, and save the world, basically. And they're called the Sakarsan. You know, from their blood, plants would grow. He's going to hold up a mountain. At this point, him and Korg are holding up this huge chunk of rock. People see that as fulfilling the prof- that part of the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And this is the prophecy heavily based around, uh, how do you say it? Heroin? Heroin, yeah. Heroin's culture. Right. Yeah, they basically, the, the shadow people are the ones that made this prophecy. Uh, Meek gets to kill the headman, Char. He's with these rebels, and Meek just takes advantage of the, the melee to, to finish this guy off. And then we see um, they have death's heads with them, and Hulk throws that big chunk of rock and just crushes a whole bunch of them. So, but the rest of the Imperials then surrender and Meek wants to kill them all. But then Korg, who's always like the voice of reason, he's like, no, we already won. Meek tries to fight Korg, which is not going to go his way. So uh, Hulk does his famous thunderclap that just like sends a big shockwave and knocks everyone over. And he's just like, knock it off. Now, I mean, granted, I always side with Meek, but Meek's 100% right here. Every single time they encounter Imperials, the Imperials just keep fucking coming after them. Yep. Yeah. If they find ones that even don't like the Emperor, they're holding all of his kinfolk fucking right. as slaves. Yeah. Um, and Hulk was told them just never stop making them pay. These have right. all been slavers of all of these people at some point. Fucking kill them. There's there's no yeah. redemption for them at this point. They literally just killed a bunch of bugs. Right. Yeah. Right. In the past few frames, like the Hulk and, is just kind of like, all right, they surrendered. Like yeah. Hulk. He still has some honor there. And yes. I love, I love the night that Meek attacks the Hulk in rage and he just stabs him and Hulk just stands there like, you yeah. done? <laughs> yeah. But in Meek's defense, he says, all I knowing is what he teaching. So right. Like yeah. you said, mm-hmm. never let them and if stop Korg paying. Yeah. If Korg hadn't tried to stop Meek, Hulk wouldn't have gotten involved. He just would have let him do it. Probably. Hulk wouldn't really care. But Hulk's just kind of like, ah, Korg's kind of right, you know. He just gets super annoyed. I don't think he's even taking a side there. I think he's just like, whenever there's infighting, he just yeah. cuts it down immediately. Can you, can you just stop? Right. Because right. he can't have infighting in this group of people, otherwise they will not survive. Mm-hmm. The rest of them won't. Hulk probably will, but I like that idea. It's just like, he's just stopping the infighting. He doesn't really care what they do as long as they're not fighting each other. So we jump back to the capital. Old Strong did make her way back there. We see the Red King seems to be going crazy, burning everyone. Uh, right, old, like rebels or Imperials alike, he does not care. He's, yeah, he's not just he's not making that differentiation. Yeah. Uh, I love the old strong. We start to see some more of her powers. She like slaps the ground and like these big um pieces of rock come shooting up all over the place like an earthbender. And she just like knocks a bunch of people over and she's like, All right, I've subdued them. Will you knock it off? Like <laughs> you're done. And he's like, ah, I don't like this. They're still alive, so step aside. Right. Uh, the governor that we've been following for a little while, we find out his name is Denebo, comes stumbling back, and he makes the claim that the Hulk is the Sakarsan because he saw them hold up the big piece of rot, hold up the mountain, he saw the things growing from the blood, and then the Red King loses it yeah. and just burns him. Yep. 
And then he says, let it be said throughout the world, I am he, the hero protector. I deliver the deliverer of the people, the true son of Sakaar. He's like, no, I'm going to make it an official decree. I am the Sakarson because I am the emperor. Like, I have four ball chins. What don't, what don't <laughs> yeah. you guys understand? There's I, four A's in Sakarson. And Hulk it all has, adds up. Hulk has no ball chins, and there are no A's in Hulk. Zero ball chins on the Hulk. Zero ball chins, That's zero A's. Pretty, you know, naming evidence six, for the Hulk. But yeah, he's not there. Correct. Um, so we see the Red King is kind of starting to lose it. We go back to the steps of the gladiators. It's camping. It's snowing up there because they're so far north. Meek is still upset about earlier. And we find out somebody killed all their prisoners, including Primus Vand. Slit all their throats. It's kind of weird. Do we think it's Aloe? So there's a there's a little bit of... Um, do we think it's Meek? Yeah, we don't know if it's Eloe or Meek LOA. or Together. Could have been both of them. Yep. Could have been the Brood. We don't really know at this point. We're, we're not... We didn't... We weren't as readers weren't shown what happened. It's just what their people are talking about. I've always assumed it was Meek and or LOA together. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it was Meek because of Meek's reaction to I that agree. news. Um, and I don't think Meek's one to play sneakies. Right. Well, he is one to play sneakies, well, yeah. but not, <laughs> but not like that. Going back on right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was LOA. Yeah. That's what I would because guess. Because she was or extremely heavily influenced. By LOA. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then Meek enters like this kind of weird ritual with the other bugs and the brood, and he like forms a little like cocoon around himself, which is pretty cool. And it's like kind they of talk like about something like calling to him, and the brood says to change. Yeah. So something's going on with Meek. So the next morning, Hulk is like, all right, we're going to move on. He wants to live on the steps all alone. <laughs> But Meek stands in his way and he looks just like his father did that big example of his species with like the big, like looks like a shell on his back. And he says, you not going anywhere. King Meek. He's just the coolest. King Meek. King Meek. So yeah, he's, he's gone through a metamorphosis. He's the, you know, the big example of his species. Now he's a king of whatever his species is. King bug. He looks awesome. Um, So we're going to move on to Incredible Hulk number 98. We have it. Meek stands against the Hulk and wants to fight him. But Hulk is like, I just, just want to go into the steps and be alone now. Like I did what I came alone. I did what I wanted to do when I wouldn't go before, but like he's, you know, we freed all these people. I just want to go be alone. So to bring it full circle, um, of Hulk kind of being Wolverine here, um, (laughs) he's been offered this out too many times. He's been offered the out and has been forced upon to have this out. Of just being somewhere alone by himself. Mm. Um, and he does all this stuff and routinely chooses to stay and to help and to do this stuff. And then just decides, ah, I'm done. All right, guys. I'm going to live alone as a hermit. Peace out. I think the difference here is now this is his choice. Right. 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 Like, he hates it when someone decides to, it for him. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. brought to him by different people. Um, I think the one that he took the best was Silver Surfer's. The Silver Surfer was like, you know, I, I know you and I talked about this. Like, w- would you be interested? And he was like, nah, you know. Right. But every other time he's been pissed off that someone was like, you know, you need to 
go be alone now. So, well, and that's kind of what I'm saying is that it's the Wolverine. It's like, I'm being told to do this, so I never want to do it until no one wants me to. Well, yeah, he's a child. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> so he gets, like, like real mad yeah. at, at Meek. He gets real mad, but he holds back. He just backhands Meek and, like, flings him away. And then the other bugs all try to attack him. Because Meek's the king. Yeah. So you can't fight the king, we'll fight you. And then he just kind of like shrugs him off, like not a big deal. And then it's probably my favorite panel of the whole of the whole event here where Meek is like leaping on top of Hulk and stabbing down with his spear right into his chest. And Hulk is just like, uh, like he's fighting at this point, but it's it's not that big of a deal. There's a bunch of other bugs all around him climbing on top of him and whatnot. And he just kind of, you know, smacks them all out of the way. He starts to go into like a Hulk rage where he's going to start losing control. He goes, he's going to slam Meek with the, what is that? A Buffalo punch with two hands together. Yeah. Yep. And Korg gets in the way, throws himself in there and he takes that blow to the face. Yeah. And like it cracks the rock on his face and he looks like he's kind of bleeding. And then Hulk is just like, oh, because him and Korg are like, probably the best friends of all the people involved here. And Meek says, how can he stop? How can he stopping what he made for doing? And then Hulk is like, you know what? Fine. Like I can't ever do what I want to do. So he finally, he's like, I'll, I'll go with Meek. We'll go fight. Sure. <laughs> kind of like, he knows he's going to be fine. He's the Hulk. What, yeah. I, what I've always wanted to do is fight. Right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he wanted to go away this time. <laughs> So he decides to to attack the Imperials with Meek and their like burgeoning army. It's not exactly strong, but they have Hulk. Meek looks awesome now. Can hold yeah, his Meek's own. Yeah, Meek's rad, rad as shit here. He still has only three arms, though. Yeah. He didn't grow that other one back in the metamorphosis, unfortunately. Um, so everyone joins the Hulk to fight the Imperial army following them. Kira leads the Imperial, and then they're up against Kira leading the Imperial army. So her and Hulk face off in the middle of a field, kind of like a uh, parlay before the fight begins. Before that, though, like they have the archers on the rebel side and they all like launch a bunch of arrows at her. And she just like stands there like Matrix that Matrix and style, just... like holds up her hand and then all of them just like, plink. right. We right. see some more of her powers yeah. where she turns her skin hard as stone and the, the, the arrows just. Don't do yeah, anything to her. It's very cool. I love it. She's so awesome. They kind of talk in the middle for a minute. And then they realize they're not going to come to any kind of agreement. So they come to blows. Uh, another great panel. Oh, sorry. We, we, Kira yeah. tells her story. Yeah. Before they fight. Her I almost skipped that mm-hmm. part. Yeah, back when she was 13. And then we also figure out what the uh, spikes are. So we start to learn a bit more about those. Yeah. We learned when she was 13, she learned that she had the powers of the old strong, which is a uh, rare gift. Only one shadow, one shadow person at a time has this power. She can turn her skin hard to stone for short times. She's super strong. We saw she can kind of manipulate stone to a degree. Mm. Um, and then the spikes attacked. Everything changed when the spikes attacked. This is the first time we actually see the spikes. We've heard about them a few times. We see at this point, we see these like weird mutated people with spikes sticking all out of them and whatnot. She says the first one that she had to cut down was her own father. But the blades don't kill them. Says you can't kill a spike with a blade. They just kind of reform 
And we learned they're kind of like zombies. Like one spike can make more spikes. They can kind of infect things and spread. Um, and then we see the Red King shows up when he was young. He wasn't the Red King yet. He, his father was still the emperor. But he has a unit of death's heads with him and they burn all the spikes away. We learned that's why they have things like the precision fire bombs was to take out spikes. Fire destroys them pretty easily. Um, and they burn all the spikes away in the town and Kira walks out through the smoke um, because of her old strong powers. But because she's young and she's not, doesn't have them fully developed, she can't do it very long. So they stick an obedience disc on her. Of course. Yep. Yep. She's taken as the, his warbound shadow as a slave. And this is a, a deal that the Imperials have with the shadow people. Like, all right, we will provide you with warbound shadows to protect you and then leave the rest of us alone, basically. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't see any other shadow people among the Imperials. One thing they don't talk about in the comic, I learned this in the back matter, why Heroim was one of the gladiators, he was the um, warbound shadow to the Red King's father, the previous emperor. And once he wasn't the emperor anymore, anymore, the Red King was like, oh, I have no use for you. Go be a gladiator. Instead of like letting him free, so he did this up. instead. Like totally yeah. should be against yeah. their treaty. But, you know, he was kind of a pariah anyway, being the hero and the shamed that. So he went from like this super high level um, you know, prestigious position to a slave gladiator. Yeah. That's super messed up though. So the, the red King like loosed the spikes on her people to then just be able to come in and take her. Yeah. That's no, so messed up. no, the spikes just showed up. They I crash landed thought, there. I thought she referenced that later in the series. I might've missed that. Or misread that rather. I believe we get to that later though. That fairly certain that the first time it happened, it was not intentional. Oh, was it right? Because they had crash landed there. That's why they they messed up the moon and he doesn't look like they just happened to be there. Like, why would he be there? You know what I mean? Like, unless he was there, like she says he had come for me. I do think more than a boy then that there was a reference where he was pretty much just watching a bunch of them die. So he could figure out which one was the, they knew, yeah. they knew that strong. she knew that the, the people knew she was the old strong at this point, but probably not for very long. He probably heard the old strong was in this town. Mm. So they went there to just get her. He knew the spikes were coming, but he let my whole village die just to find a shadow with the old power. Right. I could see it either way. He didn't send them there. The spikes crash landed on the planet he and their, they were coming. their town was nearby yeah. the landing site. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Lost my spot in the notes. Uh, TLDR, they thunder punch each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then it goes back to the present. Uh, they're stand they have a standoff in the middle of the field. They can't come to an agreement. Which is bullshit yes. because in a duel, you are supposed to send your second in to negotiate. That's, That's one of the 10 dual commandments. One yeah. of the 10 dual commandments. That's and entirely they did not true. You gotta watch Hamilton. 10 dual commandments. I don't watch anything. <laughs> the 10 dual commandments. I'll um, just let you borrow the soundtrack. That's all you really need. Another great Not panel. Sure I want to get to see King George's spit. <laughs> um, where Old Strong does like a open palm 
slam into Hulk's chest while he brings a fist down on her shoulder at the same time. And they just, what, what did you describe it, Taylor? Thunder punch each other? Thunder punch, yeah. <laughs> uh, great looking panel. And then they both came. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Which uh, is is really um, personified in the uh, cover of this issue where like Hulk like, yeah. like his, he's got like his mouth closed and his eyes closed and she's like right there next to him on his face. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I touch your face. I touch your face. Um, so they're both laying there in the field for a moment and both slowly get up. And she's like, that should have killed you. And he says, you look dead. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the big thing about this is people felt this miles away. Like in yes. the city, people felt it. Like, right. Titanic blows. Yeah. Like that hit she did would have killed anything else on this planet, probably even Korg. And, and they're now in like a huge pit. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like anime style. Like they both punch at the same time and it yeah, leaves this like, huge crater behind. It's like the oh, the <laughs> end of the opening of any anime where protagonist and antagonist both punch each other's fists at the same time and then wind goes everywhere. <laughs> yep. And then we see we had this little scene with the Red King. The Hulk is bleeding on the ground. Imperials all over starting to believe he's he's the Sakarsen because of the plants that grow. Like immediately, he orders it done. We don't know what that is right away. But then back in the field, we see this weird looking spindly ship come crashing down into the field and out of it comes thousands of spikes. Little, they almost look like viruses. Yeah, come, yeah for sure. Come like swarming out from um, Half-Life. Okay. Sure. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I haven't played it. Me neither. We see these things start, they hit Imperial, the Imperial army just gets covered with them and they immediately start turning into these weird twisted monsters that are like all yellow flesh with pinks, like spikes sticking out of them all, all angles. Their musculature is all wrong and it's so gross. Yeah. That's like the, the body just totally falls apart and it's just like this flesh bag with stuff sticking out of it. We see Kira and Hulk face them, and then we see Meek and the rest of their army behind. But we know can't kill Spike with a blade. Yeah. So we're gonna jump into episode, or issue ninety nine, and the spikes attack. So we see Kira. I love this moment. She stabs Hulk's foot to the ground, and then he's just like, "All right," and he just throws her out of there. And he's like, I'll fight these things. This this looks like fun. So he gleefully punches one, you know, he knows nothing about it. And it like reforms itself and stabs him in the neck with this big, long, like tongue spike. And he makes this face like, Ugh! like what the hell? And it starts to infect him and he starts getting the spikes growing out of him and he looks grotesque. It's so gross. And it's he's just coming out of his eye, right out of his eyeball. Oh. And he is in a lot of pain. And then he uh, he tells Meek, run, because he is going to lose control of himself. But he rips the spike out of himself. And all the other spikes like retract and come out of him. Right. And like so go nasty. with it. And then like a whole bunch like form together into this one giant spike monster. So what does what does Hulk do? He just rips the ground out from under them because <laughs> that's what the Hulk does. Yeah. Uh, so he can regroup with his army uh, and they start to flee towards a nearby walled town. We find out that Kira landed here after Hulk threw her like kilometers. She's trying to get help from Crown City 
through like this little talk bot thing that's following her around. And he's just kind of like, I don't know what to do to help you. And he's, she's like, are you kidding me? And he's like, well, I have dreadnoughts on the way. Don't worry about it. She's like, the spikes are back. She has no idea what's going on. We see Imperial dreadnoughts in the sky and starts dropping firebombs, but it forces everything towards this town. The spikes, Hulk and his army, all that we see, they are now separated from Heroim and Korg and others. They're just kind of watching this happen. Like, what? we can't do anything. There's a giant wall of fire and spikes. What are we going to do down there? People of the town have a bunch of flamethrowers from There's the like, spike wars. It's like a child carrying a flamethrower. Yeah. Yep, they just so give sad. them to anybody. Yeah. Luckily, it's, it's a weapon that anybody could use. Just point it at them and pull the trigger and yeah. it shoots fire. Um, some of them say one. like, these are older than we are. Like, are these even going to work? And they're like, it's all we have. We see uh, the Hulk crushing more spikes with huge boulders. He rips up big chunks of ground and just like flips it over to crush them. He gets to the town and he yells at Kira, hit me. And she f- hits him with a flamethrower and a really cool looking panel of him just engulfed in flames because he was infected more. And the fire burns out all the spikes. But it's Hulk. He's fine. He's not really hurt by it. And then he's like, yeah, I got a flamethrower now. He takes one in each hand, stands at the top of this wall and just flames them all. Um, This part just looks cool. It has a very uh, Starship Troopers vibe. Yeah. The end of them when they're all swarming that like the base they were at. What is that? Look, you just really like Starship Troopers, Taylor? I've never seen that either. <laughs> what? That's a classic. Nerd um, classic. Guys, we can buy a flamethrower for $899. One of the Tesla ones? I was going to say, is that the That's Tesla one? No. Or what was it? Those awesome Company or something? Spaceballs, yeah. the flamethrower. They were cheaper. I think the Tesla ones were the 500 XM42. Kids love this one. You just get a can of Axe in a lighter. <laughs> for, yeah, but then you got to smell Axe. For cereal. Smell it. So while they're all fighting at the I wall, Mika senses <laughs> some chemming. Sorry, it's not that <laughs> yeah, it's five hundred dollars. Sorry, not bad. So while they're all fighting at the wall, flaming all these spikes that are swarming on the place, Meek senses chemming, and he's like, "I gotta go check this out." And he goes to this like central tower in the town. And there's one freaking dude that's like, wait, this facility is off limits. You can't come in here. <laughs> right? Like, okay. That was like a, like a nine foot bug. Oh my Right? God. Meek doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So he busts in there and he finds, we had heard briefly that this was an egg hatchery town. Yeah, Kara had said it, I think. Yeah. She's pointing out the walled city. And we find out that they have the last queen of the natives in here just producing eggs for the Imperials yeah. to eat. So messed up, and she's like chained up and looks awful. And this is this huge, like you know, many ton monstrosity thing. Probably, she's probably like 30 feet long, yeah, or something like that. This huge thing, it reminds me of uh, the, the slurm, yes, the yeah. creature that made slurm in Futurama. I'm <laughs> I love they're in the same page there. Slurm, I would try that. I bet yeah. it's like Surge, probably. Uh, and Meek frees her. Real quick, of course, he is, again, just raging. It's so cute, though. He's like, my queen. And she's like, hello, my king. And I'm like, ah, oh, Meek's going to get some. <laughs> get, get some. some. Get some. Uh, Meek almost gets some so many times. I it's know. so sad. Right. As soon as they get out of the tunnel, out of the, the tower, 
Uh, spikes are coming over the walls, even with all the flamethrowers, and she gets infected like right away. Yeah, she gets stabbed by one. Hulk stops fighting. He jumps down. He pulls the spike out of her, and um, luckily, they, there's a bunch of those floating transport platforms in the town. They get on, and they all just like book it out of there. Uh, Kara um, finds an Imperial child, and she's like, "You come with me. We'll be safe." But then the dreadnought overhead drops fire bombs directly on the city. Uh, some great series of panels of her walking out of the fire, just like she did when she was 13, holding the kid that then just falls to ash. Yeah, so it's really weird that Thanos snapped right at that moment, too, and that kid is one of the ones that died. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so heartbreaking. And, like, before the bomb gets dropped, she finds out that the king was the one who released the spikes, and mm. she didn't know that he did that. So, yeah, this time, this instance of the spikes, it was... It, totally his decision to do this for sure like how does he have a spaceship full of spikes we don't really know but this was all him and then the bombs afterwards were all him and she survived it but the kid she was trying to save did not so then she joins the hulk takes his hand goes up on the the platform with him and they start to leave. We see there was uh, a pleasure cruiser nearby with TV cameras on it yep. and Hulk says right into the camera that just made us mad. So get ready, Red King. Now we're coming for you. Yeah. And so we're going to end coverage this episode. You can check out episode three where we'll talk about the the end of the story. Incredible Hulk 100 through 105. And talk about our, how we feel about this, this story arc. I have a lot of feelings. I mean, we could talk a little bit about what we what we experienced here because this particular issue was a rough one. We knew the Red King was bad, but like to drop spikes and then a firebomb on your own citizens is just heinous. Yeah. Their property. Right? It's property. He doesn't give a crap. You can just replace. They'll make more. And just uh, that series of panels of her walking out of oh the fire with, with the child. Brutal. Yeah, it's just it's like the, so well done. The silhouette form of a child, and then it just like melts away. Yeah. It's so nasty. There is one additional layer here that um, I don't know if, if it was just overlooked or if it was part of his plan or if he, if the Red King himself overlooked it. But this is the last queen. This is, this facility in this, this town is one of the Imperial's most important food resource systems mm. and he was just going to lead them in there with the spikes and then just bomb it anyway right mm. like he was completely shooting his own empire in the foot at this point before any of the other crazier shit that we'll see just by being consumed by killing hulk right yeah, with something that he knows isn't going to kill the hulk they right, tried right. fire bombs on him before he well, punched I think, it i think he was betting on the the spikes taking him over yeah and right him, and the fire bombs are just like gonna clean everything up anyways yeah but could you imagine like a spiked hulk Oof. Yeah. right like no thank you ogroid ism in a hulk <laughs> <laughs> hulk spike it's also just messed up that their this food source is the native people their eggs yeah like they have a could and i don't think it says it yeah i think it's the next step issue where meek says that she's the last queen Right. Of his people. Yeah. So like they were a dying race. He didn't know there were any more queens. They found her. They're using her just to produce eggs to eat. Which, I mean, we do that with, with chickens and things, but like 
they're not a sentient species. <laughs> and they're, they're the same not kind of going different. to go extinct. Right, it's like, like the last chicken that yeah. we right. up into. <laughs> Completely different. I mean, we, we chain up a lot of chickens into We won't get into that. Um, just also, none of them are chickens. meek. If there was a meek chicken out there... I'd probably be on fucking, that chicken side. Yeah, same. There's yeah. a lot of meat chickens. Ah, <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> They don't have endearing, uh, you know, sneaky attitudes. They make dinosaur chicky nuggies. That's true. Does that make me shit my pants? <laughs> <Up in here>. <laughs> <laughs> so we can see stuff has kind of gone from bad to worse. Hulk and his people had a lot of strings of wins. That streak kind of ends here where like, yeah, they got out of there. They got a queen, which is pretty cool. But like. They kind of won, but they're like on the edge, on the ropes now. These spikes are a foe that seem to be even beyond the Hulk. Yeah. Like, unless he's got flamethrowers, even he can't punch these things to death. Um, you know who could? Red one Punch Hulk. Man? Red Hulk. Oh. One Punch one Man. One Punch Man. I mean, sure. yeah, this would have been over like eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured that's where you're going with the whole, I was saying punching a lot there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'll we'll wrap this up in the third episode of this particular event and see what happens if you haven't read this before. You can find out along with us. Thanks so much for listening. Why don't you go and check out all the other great shows that the Professional Casual Network has to offer, including season one of The Space Between Presents I Saw a Tiger, which follows the Netflix smash series Tiger King and details the acid-washed antics of Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Jeff Lowe, as well as others. This season, we're taking a deep, dark dive into the four-part Netflix docuseries Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Big Fiction Energy is our audio drama pod in which Tim, Danny, and myself tell the story of Lainey, the Girl Without Fear, a fantasy novel by Dan. A grim podcast of perilous adventure is the Professional Casual Network's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Actual Play podcast. We're playing through The Enemy Within, which is widely considered one of the best campaigns of any RPG. Join Dan as the GM as Danny, Tim, Alexander P. Nelson, and JB try to survive the perils of the old world. And if you needed more deep dives, also check out The Space Between, which is a discussion and review of the best games, comics, and nerd movies of today and yesteryear. We also have Elite Eight Showdown with high-octane host Big Chuck and his research team. Join him while he financially ruins his partner, Tim, and completes an eight-team tournament bracket that could be about anything and everything. Lastly, we have Professionally Asked, Casually Answered, a totally real, totally fake advice show where we take questions and topics from you, our listeners, and do our best not to completely ruin your lives. Danny, where could people follow us or ask us questions for Professionally Asked, Casually Answered? I'm so glad you asked that, Tim. You can go ahead and email us questions. Our email address is theprofessionalcasual at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Instagram at theprofessionalcasual. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash professionalcasual. Twitter, we're at top tier casual. Our website is theprofessionalcasual.com. On Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash professionalcasual. And you can also check out Lindsay's Instagram at lindsayfphotography, where you can check out all of her great photos of abandoned places and events. What are some other things that people could find on our Patreon, Danny? They can find Sarah's doodles. They can find different vlogs. They can find lots of polls. I know Big Chuck's got a ton of stuff up there. It's all just a wild time. Extra bonus content, all of those things.